minute and 40 seconds, my man finally got shot once. Little somber opening, a little different than we normally do. Um, this is the Block Podcast with Kenneth Cortez. Bobby Dose, the network king. We have Taiwan Third Gill on with us today. Welcome, Taiwan. Appreciate it, man. Appreciate you having me. No problem. Thanks yeah. for coming by, man. I really appreciate the no time. No problem at Definitely. all. This is it's one of those days where you, you wake up and you get a video that you're tagged in and it's another video just showcasing the disparity between the way white people are treated and the way everyone else is treated especially black people because that's what they want to show us right the disparities between white and black that's how you push the media agenda we understand it at this point but all of us in this room are black yeah. And I think all of us have a very similar connection <laughs> to this video right yeah. now. <laughs> like, no, it's crazy. I actually take a different even look at it. Let's say this wasn't, and we're just talking about opportunities in general. Right. Let's take away the police video. Let's take away the fact that they was in uh, an aggravated situation. There's just Aggravated more... is an understatement. <laughs> <laughs> very violent yeah, scenario that definitely. could have taken place, especially in the public eye. It was a parking lot that, that, that right. was taken care of. He was threatening other people. There was but, somebody actively recording the entire thing. You heard him say, I got, I got it all on video. video. My biggest thing is if you just take that look, look at the opportunities it's, it, just in general right. that they're given. So you could just say, you know, with jobs or with generational wealth beforehand, like mm-hmm. it is obvious that white people have more opportunity in general to make more money. Yep. Mm-hmm. To open a door for someone else that's close in relation to them, yep. to continue mm-hmm. their money, and it, it just without even trying to get to the part of you know shooting this person because I don't, I don't really feel like you know I, I don't want to have nobody die and things of that nature. I, I don't want to get that harsh about it, but when I look at the whole over overview, it's just like man, that that many. I mean, it was literally over, almost ninety seconds yep. of straight threatening. I'm coming at you uh, violently. I've threatened people in this parking lot. The officer herself even opens up to the to the uh, on her walkie-talkie that says he's out here threatening people. No, he was threatening you directly. Yeah. Like 
how does that happen? How how is that so? Why is it so obvious? But we can't seem to do anything about it because we don't want to, man. We don't like. So it took 14 seconds to call for backup, mm-hmm. and we talk about all the posts I see. Like if he would have just listened, right? Or if he would have been respectful, right? But I'm sorry. I don't think I'll kill you, bitch. I'll slice your throat. Is you being respectful, right? What knife? Right? So, like, I think that the thing that we have to recognize is that there's a clear difference between how we treat white people when they come to interacting with cops and how we treat black people, right? And even I think this nigga could have been handled differently. I think the guy should have been tased, right? Like, tased the guy, put him down. But, like, if we got this, if black people got this treatment, the multiple chances to, like, calm down to, like, right. I'm going to have a, I'm, I'm trying to have a good conversation time, like, hey, just, like, sit down, right? Like, but this is, look at what, look at what happened to Walter Wallace Jr. Like, the complete different interaction, right? You were given more than a minute. You were shot once by one cop who, again, tried so many times to de-escalate you, right? But, like, no, with black people, it's like, oh, you have a knife? You're armed? You're coming towards Like, I'm shooting you Shoot, right away. With black away. people, you might have a knife. It could have been a cell phone, a wallet. <laughs> it doesn't matter. I'm shooting matter. and right. killing you multiple times. Who was the, uh, the, the teen from maybe a couple years ago in Sacramento where the cop shot through... The fence. He was in his own backyard pulling a cell phone out, and the cop said, "Put the gun away and started shooting before finishing the sentence." Um, like we're gonna do a quick fact check for a name <laughs> on that. Um, but at the same time, like that is, I'm in a complete agreement. That is how we get treated, and not to say that there's not good scenarios where black people are getting dealt with like that from cops, yeah. right? But all in all, though, we know. For facts, there's factual data, there's statistics that show the disparity in treatment. And right, so like, it comes down to like, there's there, there are two ways to approach this problem, right? Right. The clear and obvious solution is to better de-escalate scenarios mm-hmm. and shoot less black people, right? But right. on the opposite, you want to be super radical in the spectrum, which is totally irrational, is for more white people to die to like even out, right? And like, that makes no right. sense. So the only clear, rational choice is to apply the same techniques you apply to white people and learn how to de-escalate with black people. Right. Which is, I, I don't understand, like, why when we say, like, Black Lives Matter or I shouldn't get shot in the back of the street, like, for no reason, the answer to that is anything other than, yeah, you're right. Like, right. why is me saying I don't want to get shot a radical position? And why is your response anything other than, no, you're right, you shouldn't get shot in the middle of the street? have a position where it's not out of the ballpark it's not left field yeah you know yeah they talk about bernie in free health care and things like that and all of a sudden that's left field when you go to europe and he's more center than than anything right like that's a really interesting <laughs> conversation right right like i i don't think that if you went up to anyone's house and you mm-hmm. had a conversation they're like they wouldn't tell you that, like, I don't want affordable right. health care. Mm-hmm. Like, they wouldn't tell you that, like, I want access to a quality education. Like, no one would say no to these questions, right? Right. So why we paint it as a super far-left answer, like, I, I don't, I will never understand it. But it's a control. It's a form of control. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Why looking like, bro, 
<laughs> I mean, just because this idea, like, I had lived over in Finland for two years. Yeah. And just to see how that country takes care of their people. I mean, yep. you got people who having babies, and they got right. they got stipend checks for their houses. They got right. uh, baby packages. They're going home with, you know, winter gear. They're going home with, you know, depending on kind of what, what side of the weather you had your baby in. But, like, the fact mm-hmm. that you can see that these countries are taking care of their actual people, you know, uh, it's, it's just, when you look back at America, it's like the chaos... And the and it's like chaotic control. Yeah, it's you. You spill so much out there to kind of just be loose with it. And I don't. I, I don't really like how you say left field or you. You there's big identified words on certain topics. Like when we do something, it's it's out of nowhere or it's always an argument or a counteraction, and we're just asking for the same simple e- equality or equity. Sounds yeah. like gaslighting to me. I think this is a really good transition to talk about that that white has dude uh, Daniel Cameron. Right, mm-hmm. and I think that because I sort of because I sort of relate to Daniel Cameron's struggle of like struggling, of like you know struggling with their identity, yes. right? And I think they're like very cool. Like there's a lot of self hate there, right? And a lot of mm-hmm. self like just like no self value. And I think that we like as people of color we see the world that we live in, and we think that if we can try and emulate, if we can try to assimilate to that white behavior, then yeah. like it's what's best for our survival, right? But I mean, that was women getting perms for all these years. Yeah. That was uh, black people not still not being allowed to wear natural hairstyles yeah. at jobs. To, they don't call it professional. I've been skipped over jobs because of dreadlocks in the past. I'm bald now, as everybody knows. <laughs> but, you know, back in the day, um, I I had long locks. They, you know, over the phone, Kenneth Reed, you hear that. You go inside, and then you see their face light up like, oh, wait. Oh, yeah. Kenneth Reed. Yeah, Kenneth. <laughs> like, okay, okay, I got you. Okay. You know, and you kinda, it's like... You kind of right. tricked us with their name there, but we, right. were, we were expecting a, a, bug of, a little lighter complexion there. Right. Exactly. <laughs> I was exactly. in a bar the other day, and a, a young kid who he was in a race on, you know, growing our dreads back and forth. Mm-hmm. And twisted. He came in out of nowhere, haircut, faded. I'm like... You just cut your dreads? Not that we was calling each other every day, but when we see each other, like, oh, yeah, I'm catching you. Right. He's like, oh, yeah, well, you know, I started running my own company, and the customers that I have, I was seen as a monster, an animal. And he literally knew this. He's 24, 25 years old. Yep. Yeah. He said, I cut them off. They started giving me more contracts. Mm-hmm. He had to do what he had to do to keep himself afloat or get his business a real start platform. Right. Because he's like, oh, best believe in two years, I'm growing my dreads back. But you just gave up a year of you growing your dreads. Right. Just two. To, yeah. Possibly three. And, like, these are things that, like, white people never have never to deal face. with. Right? You just wake mm-hmm. up and, you know. Like, when we when we talk about white privilege, right, it's not necessarily that your life isn't hard. It's not just that their life isn't hard, right? But it's about all the things you don't have to do. Right? Like, you don't have to have a conversation with your kids about how to interact with the cops. Like, right. the thing I look forward to more than ever that, like, I envy white men for is their sons enter this world knowing they're equal. Their sons enter this world knowing their opinion matters, knowing that their voice matters. And mm-hmm. they never have a conversation about you are equal. You don't, like, they never say right. you have to fight two times as hard because they are birthed into this world knowing that, like, this world is yep. your birthright, right? Yep. That's exactly just, it. A, a yeah. birthright. I've been caught saying, like... White people walk down the street like they own it. Mm-hmm. Just randomly. Because they don't have to feel that way because they don't look at that brick wall every day that shows that they don't own it. Yeah. 
You know, like we constantly, I've had that same conversation with my father from the knee high. You know, you have to work hard, twice as hard, sometimes three times as hard. You have to work twice as hard just to get the same level of recognition. You have to work three times as hard just to be held in higher regard. You have to defy the odds. Yeah, every time. Exactly. And that's a problem. And that is exactly why we get mishandled by police or we get handled differently by police. So when we say policing reform, I think that a lot of the the message gets intentionally misconceived because the far right has said, hey, they're saying defund police. Now let we know we know what our constituents where from the ground up this country was founded on black people being monsters yeah natives were savages black people were less than human foul beasts yeah. all of these these terms right mm-hmm. uh mexicans came in and they were all of these other terms yeah wetbacks you know murderers rapists you know what i'm saying donald trump still uses these terms yeah um, and it's it's horrible. He said kids are coming over with coyotes. Like who the fuck says that? You <laughs> know. <laughs> so like this stuff is being perpetuated even to this day. Yeah. And it's intentional. The system is designed with only white men in mind at you know first and foremost. Yeah. But white women obviously are the object of their affections outside Absolutely. of money and power. Yeah. And white women hold on to that. Yes. And they ride this bird. Yes. And as much as they claim that they care about rights, it's really their own rights. Yeah. You know, because outside of their own rights, if it doesn't really click with them, they're riding with their husbands. Yeah. 100%. And we're already viewed as less than, so let them die. They're killing themselves. Black on black crime. All of these things come from an intentional place that was created. Because when white people commit crime, they don't commit crime against white people. They're like, oh, wait, no. You commit crime against the neighborhoods that you live in. I am so sorry that black people don't drive 45 minutes to a white neighborhood (laughs) to commit a crime, right? Right. I'd like to confirm that uh, proximity (laughs) Proximity, hey, shout out to (laughs) Justice for Black Lives. That was Ali. It was, was, I mean, it puts it in perspective because once you say it, you're like, there, there goes the, there goes the counter argument to right. y'all's forceful term again. Y'all want to say black on black crime, so mm-hmm. therefore you don't have to. You can excuse the reason why we're targeted. Exactly. Right, and like black on black crime being a response to police violence, it's like it's just mind blowing. Like we can talk about that. That is a separate conversation. Right, but the right. thing that we're talking about now is someone killing me for existing and I have a problem with that. And you shifting the conversation because it makes you feel uncomfortable and because you look at police for some reason like with this which is like with this admiration. Like I just I I, I won't allow you to like gaslight me right. and to like make me distract from the things that I know I want to talk about. Cuz like let's be clear. Like, I understand that a cop's job is hard. I understand that, like, they walk in scenarios that, like, I will gladly walk away from, right? (laughs) They walk in scenarios not knowing what's going on in your head, right? So, like, I understand the job that they have, right? But the problem is they have the power of God strapped to their waist, and they've been given the permission to use it. 
So greenlit beyond I, their measure yes. of tasers and right. so you're held to a higher standard. And if you're Absolutely. not ready for that, you can't don't take the job. It's just right. that simple. Like you are held to a higher standard, like right. than all the humans because you like, are given the green light to kill someone. So like, I'm sorry, but like I'm not holding to like the same standard. It's like you can of like and right. not, I'm not doing Walking that, man. Like, a, lot of, a lot of the issue is the militarization of the police in general. Mm-hmm. When you go to other countries, um, the UK is a good example. Yeah, they don't, they don't guns. carry guns over there. So you don't get a lot of police-involved deaths. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't carry guns. Yeah. We have been getting increasingly militarized to the point where it's like you got you got Joe over here walking around that was bullied in high school. Now he has... A gun on his hip. He has access to an assault rifle. He has access to armored vehicles. So he's feeling balls to the walls. Like, damn, I'm punching walls. I'm I'm angry. I have a lot of anger to to give off and blow like steam to blow off. And the first person that comes across my way wrong, or that has a problem, I'm gonna stomp a mud hole in their ass because I'm now a weapon designed to do that. That's yeah. not what the police are designed to right. do. And that's well, actually, I'm... no, no, wait, wait, I take that back. Here, that is exactly what the police were designed to do. Um, let's be real, slave catchers. Just, the, um, I mean, but now man. at this developed point in our nation, yeah. right, two hundred plus years later, we're supposed to be developed, and it looks like we're not to us. So we're developed to suburban. Nights, suburbanites, yeah. you know, white folks everywhere, but there's a lot of white people that realize too. Portland, uh, we're talking about over in New York, we're talking about uh, Milwaukee is seeing we'll some Wisconsin, things, Kenosha. Detroit, Kenosha, right? You know, Ken- all these places, Louisville, Louisville, Louisville. Hey, you know, <laughs> still shout out this Breeway all day over hey, this way, Breeway. You know? Um, but like, yeah, we're we're seeing these things progress at. A rate that is ridiculous and defunding the police maybe needs to be restructured as a as a call because it's almost like black lives matter now where yeah. we know what we mean but right. other people don't care and yeah. when do we get to a point yeah. of realizing that other people don't care and stop yelling in their face yeah. and just move on with our projects yeah because right now it's stuck we've said black lives matter for months 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 right. months 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 and now okay is there any action with this? Is there right. any actual step forwards going on? Right. Going back to even, like, the fact that you have to demilitarize police mm-hmm. is a problem. That, that it alarms We've me as a, as, a, too big. as a human being. First of all, yes. why do you have to demilitarize somebody who shouldn't be militarized? Like, y'all right. should have never been militarized. You have a SWAT team. So you have certain teams on your force to go, you know, okay, well, y'all have to go watch this house for 24 hours. That shouldn't be a normal police force. That should be a SWAT team or, you know, get right. your detectives out there. Or there should be call, levels to this. Call the federal saying? marshals. But my Man. thing is, if you have to demilitarize, so I look back in, let's say, in the hood. If we take our guns away from even just the average person, if you're just walking down the street, you can't say, I got this gun right here, I can just blow anybody off right here. I can just... You know, shoot anybody, kill, right. stop my, uh, stop the opposite opposition from coming at me. Now, if you're walking with no gun and you got a problem with Buddy across the street and you know he ain't got a gun, y'all might be able to talk it through. Right. But the fact that you I know I can stop this conversation whenever I want to, whether I get disrespected or he comes at me, now I ain't got to fight. I can just shoot him and kill him. Like it's the same mindset. If you demilitarize and you take these assault weapons and you take these uh, big ass. Uh, 
the tanks, the, you know, you, know you what go saying? to L.A. and they literally have tanks. Well, you, just, take, you, you right. take that off the force, like, call in the National Reserve. Right. Call in the Army, like, but we that's have, what there we for. have everybody else outside the country in every other country. Well, that's what they should and, be there for, at least. It you just, know, it should it, be a restructuring my... of everything, a reallocation of dollars into yes. yeah. different spaces that are designed specifically, like you're saying, to handle these different incidents. That they won't feel so powerful right. individually. And that's right. like the the important part of like the defund the police movement. Mm-hmm. And like granted, like like you mentioned, that that's a very charged like language there, right? And I think yep. it was a mistake saying that, right? It was on purpose though, mm-hmm. so but, they can excuse it. But we're here now, right? And like what the like the, the example I always say was like, hey, if your boss came in and took away 75% of your responsibilities, would you still be getting the same pay? And the answer to the question is no. Like, I am obviously not going to pay you the same amount of money if I'm taking away a vast majority of your responsibilities, right? right. And, like, that's the goal of the, of the defund the police movement is to shift away the, all of the nonviolent responsibilities that the police have to deal with right. and thus shift funding towards those different actors who are better at handling these things, right? right. I right. think that beyond that, we have to, like, police interact with communities at their worst at all times. So, like, they're not getting called to, like, go to a barbecue. Like, like, no, like, they are, like, they're getting called there because something went wrong or something is going wrong, right? right? So, like, we have to force them to be involved in a community once or twice a month, like, at a community event where, like, they are seeing this community at their best, when they're having a good time, when they're not seeing them only as criminals, right? But, like, we, we have to recognize that there are so many bears to just the way we fund police. Like, mm-hmm. we... There needs to be, like, a complete reform about the way police interact with all communities. Right. Hey, I love that. Hey, we have Taiwan Third Gill. He is from Holt, Michigan, the Dale High Township trustee. He is running for that seat. Um, if you are in the area or even if you're going to vote, this is a guy that you want. Look him up. We don't have much time left at <laughs> all to, to really look him up. But it doesn't take nothing to do a deep dive. If you got to get blowed to do it, that's totally fine. <laughs> if you got to sip a little wine, okay. we ain't going to cry about it. However you need to get in your space, look Taiwan up. You know, uh, speaking of Holt, Lansing, that's Michigan's capital yeah. area. Yeah. Uh, you know, Governor Whitmer, they almost, you worked, you worked with her, right? I did, I did. She's yes. an amazing woman. <laughs> okay, you, you worked with They almost had a plot follow through to kidnap our governor. Yeah. It was it was national news like, um, <laughs> people actually got arrested. Like they, they got arrested, and now like, they've since like dropped some of the like the uh, the bond money. You know, like these... like it's it's twenty twenty, right? <laughs> if eight years ago you told me that would be a thing, like oh you lying fam, but then I saw it was like oh okay. I was like that seems on par with how twenty twenty is going so far, right? <laughs> like, I was yeah. just like. That nothing about that. I was like, yes. like I literally just like got the article. Was like, huh? Seems about right. Uh-huh. Like, but like, that's where we've got now. Like, that's where we've got now. Like, as a country, right? The the other side is automatically seen as an enemy. Yeah. And that's like, and I blame. I place a lot of that at at the feet of Trump. But we also can't pretend that like Trump is a disease. He's right. the, he's a symptom of the disease. Of the disease. But he's he's definitely not the disease, right? He's, a, I think he's that, a big symptom. He's a you big know? symptom, right? <laughs> right. You're like like you know when you wake up and you just automatically know you got like, the flu. Like yeah, he's it's, not the you said flu COVID? itself. You said, and you know but you he is COVID? certainly the he's headache the best, and the sore throat. He's the like, best you, indicator you, of the disease. Like 
Yeah, Z's here, because you're here, fam. Like, I am the least racist person in this room. In right this now. entire uh, room. Even though my wife's maybe, in here. Maybe, hey, I, I, I love where Trevor Noah said, like, maybe it's because of the company you keep. Like, right? <laughs> like, if like you're you the least racist person in the room, then there are some real racist people in the room with you, right? Yeah. Right. Like, so, I mean, but that's real, though. You know, we, we have an issue here where I was talking to some people from, uh, like, California, much more liberal, obviously, the most liberal place in the country Man. in most aspects, right? And, you know, they were they were asking me, like, you know, what's, what's the difference between Michigan and a lot of places? And I'm like, Michigan reminds me of a red state, but because we have Detroit, it ventures blue a lot. You yeah, know, Michigan like, blows my mind. I'm just have, like, bam. We have Detroit, we have Flint, we have, you know, Grand Rapids, major, like the main hub, which is, it leans conservative in the older aspects, but a lot of the, the younger people yeah. are more liberal. Yeah. Not saying liberals can't be assholes or racist as well, because that's a whole nother can of worms. 100%. Um, <laughs> but at the same time, you know, we, everywhere outside of these, these major hub spaces, though, is very rural. And, like, we're talking about it almost feels like driving through Kentucky in a lot of places Man. or driving through Tennessee in a lot of places. It's very red, very, like, open to pro-gun life and everything that comes with the I can say what I want and this yeah. is my stand, my ground, even though we don't have a stand-your-ground state. But we have an open carry state and people just walk around doing whatever the hell they want. But I would never walk around as a black man open carrying no. in this thing unless it's a, a, a strict showing with a group of people doing it. Yeah. That's how Michigan feels in a nutshell. Where it's unfair on one side where they can plan and they had the bomb ready and everything to blow the bridge up. They, they were going to plan and really like distract the police by blowing an entire bridge up. And all of them got caught alive. How does that work? You know, like, that's literally a movie. Like, that's a plot of a right? movie. It's just like... <laughs> but again, I'm just like, it's 2020, and I'm no longer shocked, right? Like, I've become right? so desensitized <laughs> to all of the... To everything. To say, oh like, to God. put it, like, lightly, the weirdness, right? But, like, Michigan feels like we get picked up, not only just, like, transported to the South, but, like, transported back to the South in the 60s, right? Like, Man. I, like... I always wondered what it was like for, like, when my grandparents went to vote to be intimidated by the KKK, right? And to, like, feel like if they go on to vote, they're going to lose their life, oh, we're right? About to see but I don't have to wonder anymore. <laughs> like, what? Like, we don't if, if I go vote live, like, there are going to be people with guns at the polls, like... Right. But that's that's where we're at right, now, right, right? right? And, like, I placed a lot of that at, at the feet of Trump, right? Mm -hmm. And he's, like, when you're on a debate stage with Joe Biden and you say... Stand back. Right? Like, right. but like, stand by. Like, really? Right, exactly. <sighs> like, a direct, yeah, a direct like, message, too. They saw that as a call to action. Like, the Proud Boys, like, posted about it, like, right away. Like, they, like, it was, it was definitely a call to action. Control had to go up in DC. March together, about to give him a three piece revolution. Get the plan on TV, hit the block. We see us in 3D on the road with a pot of gold. These niggas know that talk is cheap. Selling souls with blindfolds. I'm breaking chains, had to cut the leash. On the road, we so control. And this hell hole is chaos. These billionaires, we strip them bare. Need to throw them off, but they yachts. No more sitting down on they watch. Fuck punching in on they clocks. We got new keys, change the locks. Put a picture notice on they blocks. It was a 
was certainly a call to action, and Trump knows what he's doing. Yeah. You know, he is usually the dumbest person in the room, but he is always the biggest bully in the room. Yeah. And he pushes people that are smarter than him out. Is you, do you remember high school when it was always, yeah. uh, 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 lack of a better word, a nerd? You yeah. know? Me. <laughs> Why do you think I'm in politics? <laughs> right? <laughs> that was, this is very clearly <laughs> going to be a path. <laughs> it's either political science major, music major, or... <laughs> and I was like, well, sports ain't it, fam. Like, right, you, it just ain't, you, it ain't it for you, me, man. I got you. But no, like, in, in Trump is the dumb bully that also wasn't a jock, though, that still paid you to do his homework. Yeah. And he's just like... Fuck it. I can say what I want because my dad has a lot of money. Dennis the Menace. And I get, right, Dennis the Menace, problem child, no, 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 bad to the bone. He doesn't realize that he's an idiot, though. And even if he does realize that he's made decades long, like, Proof that he doesn't care. You're talking about There's a rap sheet of him not caring that he's an idiot. Hey, it was a small million dollar loan from his father, right? Very Which small. It turned out still, to be closer to 60. It was, it was so, close because in 2016, he still had to pay back. He was paying back on more millions to his right. dad. So speaking of Donald Trump, um, he's leaning on a few things. Mm-hmm. You know, this election, obviously we know that... He doesn't care about the kids in the cages. Yeah. Um, he the ones bragged, that came over in he coyotes. He bragged about them. Right. They got brought over here by coyotes. Yeah. Uh, he bragged about them having adequate conditions in a cage that was designed. Yes, it was designed by Democrats, but they were designed for no more than 72-hour holds. Not saying it's good, but it damn sure wasn't separating Friends. thousands of yeah. kids and then having two-year-olds show up in court by themselves because they can't find their parents. Yeah. You know, um so there's there's According levels to Trump, to, those are the less lesser lesser IQ'd ones. Man, for real. Or so it's like there's that. levels to this though. You yeah. know, every everybody is a hypocrite at one point in their lives. I get it. Mr. Joe, Grandpa Joe, this is aimed directly at you. <laughs> Biden that is. Right. <laughs> in case those, you know. You know, um yeah. so like everybody has seen themselves as a hypocrite, but people change and as long as you continue doing the work that it requires for the people you're now saying you want to help, yeah. Then people can get back on board. People can buy back in. Yeah. You know, so it has to be something real there. Uh Trump just doesn't give a fuck. And that's the problem. He is the biggest problem that we've ever seen as the nation besides potential conspiracies like 9-11 and things, you know, things like that. Um, but as far as what we're going to do here in Michigan, in Holt, Taiwan, you, you have a few things that you're running on, some platforms that you're running on. Yeah, so I think that, like, in a world where, like, we have someone at the top, let's take it like Trump, who doesn't give a damn about mm-hmm. the environment and doesn't believe that climate change is real, right? Yep. Um, I think that we have to do everything we can at the, at the local level to yep. to protect the environment. Right? This includes uh, imposing strict regulation on business, like when they when they want to come into, but also making sure that we do things like have our local government buildings run off solar power. Right? Yep. It's a very simplistic change we can make, and it's not just about the environment, right? But it's also about 
providing jobs to people in poor and disenfranchised communities mm-hmm. to learn how to build solar panels, providing them with the tools to do that and giving them the skills to like, now like I have this new thing I can do that I can do all year long and make money off of, right? So it's not right. just about protecting the environment, right? It's like, that's an important issue to me, but it's also about training, not just black people, but people who come from poor and marginalized communities who don't have these skills, getting them these skills to actually build these solar panels and actually have something they can do outside of their normal jobs right? or like make this their full-time career and i think that right. that's an important thing that we can do at the local level to protect our environment so it's more so about um instead of just providing jobs shifting the job market is what you're saying yes because we know i i was born in flint um and they still don't have clean water by the way still don't have clean water <sighs> we were one of the major hubs for gm yeah. um and you know, the way that it worked is I got to, unfortunately, watch all the factories close as I was growing up. Yeah. And then Flint became a ghost town before we left. Yeah. And still a, a shelled remnant of what it once was at its prime, at its peak, yeah. you know. Um, and we have these situations where now they're talking about the auto industry and all these things and they bailed them out. But there's still a lot of areas in Michigan where... All of this was the hub for yeah. that are still in dire need of change. Real change, as you're saying, I'm glad to hear that you're stressing changing and shifting that market because we need it. We truly do. Like, we can't pretend like that's not where the economy is going, right? right? Like we like capitalism is, is a beast in its own and it mm-hmm. like we it has tricked us into like strictly focusing like the consumer aspect and yeah. allowing us to like fall into the pocket of like protecting rich people and like protecting like them being rich and like the uh, the theory of getting rich because like we want to do it ourselves right but like yes it's not something that's achievable for all of us right like we have to be realistic about that like the system is not set up for every man every woman however you like decide to identify to make it right like we have to be real about that right so like, we also have to be real that like the system is built against like green energy because they want to protect fossil fuels and the oil industry right we have to like, we have it's to own money the old yeah. guard mm-hmm. but like the economy is shifting so why fight back against it like why not jump on board right now right. get in ahead of time Just and make the wave bigger yeah what they're doing in essence i think that they're trying to create a uh, a bigger wave almost like the housing market yes the problem is they didn't learn their lesson back in 2008 when the economy crashed Man. and the lesson should have been just like rubber band theory, you know, you pull it back, it can only stretch so far. Sometimes you got to play it a little bit safer and stop trying to keep stretching it. Let it go. Yeah. Like well, you said, jump on wave and create a big wave the, the thing and then is, continue creating the ripples well, afterwards. You can balance out, you know, the you can balance out the scales because, again, if you just take out the middle class, <laughs> it, right. it's, we're topping over. The middle class was created from a lot of the, the auto industry and yeah, a lot yeah. of... The, the GM employees and other, you know, like Chrysler and places like that, you could go get these jobs out of high school. Yeah. Back when the white flight was started, a lot of these people were getting jobs that they were making well more than enough, like way more than they needed to support their family. Yeah. And you're 18 years old, you know, you're coming out of high school like, oh, shit, I'm making $60,000 a year? Not to mention 20 years in. Yeah. You know, and you have union benefits. You are uh, that's a proponent the, on unions. That's the important part of that, right? Yeah. Is that those jobs were really good at getting you benefits and really good at giving you salary because unions were strong back then. Right. Yeah. Like, you, you, you want to pay our workers? We're going on strike right now, right? Yep. And I think that 
Which is why, like, as Delhi Township trustee, I want mm-hmm. to draft a local ordinance that ensures that all of our projects go to local unions whenever possible. And yeah. I think that this is so important because we, when we pay people what they deserve to get paid, when we take away the worry of if my child gets sick, I can pay them to go to the hospital, when we right. allow them to focus on just their job because they know everything else is taken care of, we get better quality results. We get better projects because they can focus on what's happening in front of that one and be like, oh, man. Can I, like, feed my kid lunch today? Can I feed my kid dinner? Can I stretch this dollar I have into two? But, like, when we allow unions to get back in the workplace and fight for workers' rights, it's when we always see the best results. Right. I agree. My mom's been a part of unionized jobs since I can ever remember her working. Right. But the problem is it doesn't seem real to me. That unionized, the, just having, go, going to go find these unionized jobs and having the same chance. It's like, she's talking to me and she's got 29 years underneath her belt. So you've seen it work for you physically, viably. She's been through, um, at Bosch, she's been through the, the, they let people go. I think it was in 2006, 2007. They let over like 300 people out of her plant go. And she was actually, you know, she was battling because of her. She was a woman. She's a black woman. Mm-hmm. She's battling men that have been there for 30 years at the time. They're ready to retire. They were offering people early retirement. So she was battling back and forth, like, but guess what? The union actually saved her. Yeah. Right. So now her plea is like, well, let me teach my sons. Go find one of these unionized jobs. But yet they're cutting, they're cutting these. They're, they're, they're cutting, cutting the unions. They're oh, cutting and it's way too many of us. And exactly. not enough of the jobs. Yeah, exactly. Is the problem. So and the other issue is that like Mission has done a spectacular job at pushing right to work laws that don't like that don't allow unions to function and thrive the way they did back in the day, right? Right. Look, I, I also think that like not to like hamper on this, but I think that like labor exploitation is going to happen within capitalism and the more we realize the evils that exist in capitalism and just be like Yo, this this maybe this system isn't the best for us because like let's just be real like if, like you're always going to have a boss that makes ten times more money than you when you're doing all of the work right like and that is like going to that's, happen. That's the way it's always worked. But the problem mm-hmm. is that CEOs used to make ten to twenty times more because they own the company. Now they make over like two thousand times more. And it's just not acceptable. You know, somewhere in that range of like impossibility yeah and we've allowed it to get there and that was a result of the reaganomics and all of the things that allow now these ceos exploit we can't exploit children in america anymore so we'll in the US because we have laws we'll go exploit somewhere parents. else though but we're gonna go exploit the children in china china's yeah. huge for trump we're talking about anyways Man. uh separate business accounts and right you have accounts in china um trump had not you excuse me People <laughs> think i'm talking about taiwan here no um but you know china china is is a huge place for these ceos to really get out when your clothes are made in china even though you're actively telling everybody you're doing everything to stop china that creates the biggest contradiction contradiction that i've ever seen from a president. Yeah. You know, like you're still operating these multi-million dollar businesses or your kids are operating them and you're the silent partner now collecting money and funneling money, being caught funneling money from your charity. You know, like when does it stop? He's proven that he's a crook. But the rules don't apply to him. The rules don't apply to him at all. And now they don't apply to the entire 
swarm of got and other Republican types. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like yeah. the, the the far right feel like they've been empowered now because their leader has been put on a pedestal of fuck the rules. And that's where we get to plots to kidnap the governor. Yeah. You know, um, it's a, it's a problem now. It is. It wasn't for Mitch McConnell. He's still. Oh my be, god. He would not be here. Oh my and god. And that's a big player in his whole situation. Yeah. Mitch, like, like, dirty, you, dirty Mitch. How did you? How how is it possible that a senator can just cut off all witnesses at an impeachment trial? Like, y'all can't say shit. Y'all can't say nothing. We just gonna not, not allow them to. That's like one of the, the, that's the facts. He's, the mo- he's he's literally like the most powerful person in politics. Literally. And it he controls a lot. Um, when you can four years ago, you can literally say nine months before an election that a oh, man. president Wait, bro, in their oh, last man. year should not be able to nominate for SCOTUS. It's okay, understood. Understood. But then you turn right around four years and later. Push. Now you're in a position of more power and you you expedite this within Damn. 10 days. People are voting right now. <laughs> like, when this happened, people were voting. People were already voting. Like, <laughs> what? Like, is, like right. this is really the, like... Oh, my God. The problem is that we've gotten so far into this world that, like, we've allowed them to think that they are not empowered by the people, and that's not where they get their power from. Right. So they feel fine just, like, flaunting their hypocrisy. Mm-hmm. Like, they own because it. They, they don't know. run from it. I mean, they know that they're going to get finish, reelected. He's about to finish a six-year, like, a, a six-term, not six-year. Right. He's about to finish six terms in Senate, like... That I think the call to action need to be all y'all contracts need to be up at about the same damn time, man. In my real. personal opinion, so like there were there were old democratic um, like institutions set up in other civilizations way back. Greece is a good one, where Greece is a good one where we were talking or they had uh, like physical drawings basically out of the hat. You know, you get. Bob down the street, who's a baker. You get Cindy over there, who's a painter. You get Joe down there, you know, who's who's a carpenter. And y'all come and y'all serve for a year or two. Like, it does, let's really bring it back to the people. So how would you, Taiwan, help try to bring hope back to the people? So it's about ensuring that as the, the, the people know, like, one, what local government is for. It's mm-hmm. about complete transparency at all times. It's about walking them into a fold to be a part of the decision-making mm-hmm. process. It's about making sure that at every single step that you know that, hey, like, my policies are in place for you. It's about making sure that as said, we bring those union jobs back, right? It's about right. making sure we do the small things, especially during COVID, to protect our local economy and protect our local business in every way possible so that these mom and pop shops can thrive, right? Right. It's about not ignoring the like how, how troublesome policies can be and not just not doing anything because it's mm-hmm. too hard or because it's gonna take actual work. Right? Like I am more than willing to shake things up and not just go with the way things are because, oh no, it's too much work to actually do what we're elected to do, right? It's, it's right. too much work for us to say that, hey, I know that like we get this really prolonged Christmas break and still get paid, but like you should go to work, right? It's about recognizing like, hey, like, no, like you and I are the same. We share very similar struggles. So like right. my fight is your fight and vice versa. It's about always being accessible and being mm-hmm. willing to listen so that you actually know the problems of the community. That's good. 
Now, as a follow-up to that, everybody starts this way. Yeah. Well, most do. Yeah. And it's great. 10 to 15 years down the line when we're, you know, moving on maybe into the state capital, you know, at this point, or moving beyond that, even if you want to go national and you want to go to D.C. at some point, do you see that in your future? And if you do, how would you maintain this attitude in this this charge in your soul to continue fighting for the people? Well, when you have, like, people like Bree and Ati in your life who are always going to keep you... Shout out to Revolutionaries Demanding Justice. Bree and Ati, Bree, Matt, excuse me. They uh, are. Gotta give Matt respect. <laughs> yes, they are awesome people. But when you have yes. people like them who are always going to hold you accountable and you know, like, they are going to light a fire under your ass the moment they see you changing, right. then, like, it becomes really easy to stay the same person, right? Because, like, yeah. but also, like, I know where I came from. I grew up on right. the 72nd block of, block of Walcott, right? Like, this is where, like, police didn't come into my community unless they were ready to kill a black man, right? right? So, like, I know the struggle, and I'm very well aware of, like, what happens, like, when when Barack Obama, being, like, a prime type, like, you entered into politics and you lost yourself as an, organi- like, as an mm-hmm. organizer, but, like, recognize, like, no, like, my people, like, need me to actually infiltrate the system and change it from within, and, like, the moment you see yourself changing, being willing to, like, step back, like, hey, I'm, like, too far into this, like, and I refuse to, like, compromise who I am as a person, so, like, it's about recognizing like power isn't that important. Like, right. So I had a good message this morning, um, and me and Bobby shared it. Actually, it was it was about leading mm-hmm. with a purpose more so than leading for followers. People that lead for followers, like Donald Trump, are they they in in lack of a better word, people that lead for for followers are lame as fuck. Like, let's just be like that. Well, you, you know, are, you, um, are you really yourself when you're... Right. Depic- it's almost like everything's it, a business move. Everything is a business move. It's it's low self-esteem, you know, and it's it's something of that seeking for power. It's dirty. Yeah. Every movie you ever watch, every plot you ever see, the people that want to amass power are always the bad guys. Yeah. There's a reason for that. And when you lead just to do the right thing, which is what we see out of you, leading just to do the right thing, charging ahead into battle, just to do the right thing because it's right. Yeah. Not because a black person said it, not because a white person said it, or anybody in between. Just because it's the right thing to do. People need jobs. Our infrastructure is crumbling and failing from what it once was. So now we need to shift the market into something new. We can yeah. keep the same infrastructure. The same factories can be gutted and can be changed into solar factories. Like, all of this stuff is already set. Yeah. And we're failing to use it. And we're failing to change it. And I, I love the fact of what you said you know, just just like that, and giving respect to other people, um, you know, that's that's humbling to have somebody like you running for office. We definitely appreciate you. Um, do you want to give us some some thoughts on Trump, which you've already done, but thoughts on Biden and, and the Democrats? So here's what I'll say. I think that um, for me, the, the staunch difference between like Trump and Joe Biden is mm-hmm. that I, can, I can't directly tie Joe Biden's words to increase violence on my community, but I can tie Trump's words directly to increase violence on my community, right? Like, he told police, like, you have, like, free reign to, like, do what you need to do to protect yourself. Right. And, like, we saw people die the next day. Like, right. I can see, like, how people died in Kenosha, Wisconsin. I can, like, directly trace that back to Trump's mm-hmm. actions, Trump mm-hmm. policies, Trump words. Biden is by no means perfect, 
And if you look at my Facebook page, you won't see one post about Joe Biden because I am not happy. I am not enthused. I am not stoked about voting for Joe Biden, right? But what, but what I do know is that Joe Biden has an understanding of that I'm like, I, 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 I am in a position mm-hmm. to shift this to like the next generation. Mm-hmm. And I am in a position to get us back to like where we were before and also just progress that. And the, the important thing for me is that like Joe does recognize that Black Lives Matter, which means that I know that he will work on a healthcare policy that ensures that, you know, black women stop dying in like pregnancy and like giving birth at alarmingly higher rates than our white counterparts, right? right. I know that at, with Kamala Harris as his VP, that that understanding is in the room. Like the problem that we see today is that so many decisions get made without one black person or one person of color involved in that decision. Right. So like the, the I think the best example of this is Brown v. Board, right? Mm-hmm. Like they they're like, oh, we have to we have to end segregation in schools. Like rah rah rah. Like let's do this, right? And it was a bunch of white people. Like, deciding to, like, hey, like, this is the thing that we have to do. Right. But then, they're like, oh, yeah, we're just going to close all the black schools and do nothing Mm. to, like, give kids a safe place with someone who understands them, who knows where they come from, who knows that sometimes the first thing on their mind at school is in school. But then we wonder why we have no black teachers left, right? Oftentimes, too many decisions get made without people of color and a black person in the room. Mm -hmm. And it's why we see such drastic impacts on communities of color. Yes. That's real. That is huge. Um, And I I really want to stay away from this topic, but of course we... You, you don't want to stay away from you, it because you, you wouldn't have brought it up, Bobby. When you, you want to stay away from some things and you want I don't want to sound like this. I don't this. mean to be racist, I just don't want to be... <laughs> I just don't want to be, you know, bring up this topic because it's, it's really touching on a lot of people, but obviously yeah. the abortion situation. Yes. When I hear a lot of people who... Like, some people would, could give a damn about every other policy. Mm-hmm. But they'll sit there and be like, "Well, Trump's for abortion, or Trump's not for abortion, and Joe Biden is." The problem that I have is that what's the what's the biggest problem? What's the biggest effect in the communities? Because, like you're saying, lowering healthcare and being able to give uh, more probability to you know uh, positive pregnancies or like you know families being able to survive through the pregnancies or whatnot. Is it enough effect that's going through like these abortions, like the beginning of the abortion clinics? Because I feel like the abortions, abortion clinics are a place to keep black uh, children dead or keep to continue to keep us as a population overall down. So does that have an effect with with you when you look at the presidency? Do you have does that have an effect on you at all as far as thinking about something specific as the abortion? I'm gonna be real with you. Um, I I'm a firm believer that like I shouldn't be involved in that conversation. Like, I'm, it's not my job to tell a woman what a woman can do with her body. Like, it is just that simple, right? Like, and I think that most Democrats will, like, agree here. Like, you can, you will find most Democrats who are personally against abortion. But the stance is, it's not my job to tell a woman what she can and can't do with her body, right? But also, I'm so tired of being nice about this issue. You are coming from a point of privilege if you're making abortion your most important issue. But when black lives die in the middle of the street, you don't give a damn, right? Ooh. Like, like I am, I am so tired of like giving these people the like moral high ground. Yeah. When like no, when in all actuality, what you're actually saying is these white men want to control a woman's body, right? Because like it's also what they like, because they enjoy power, right? Like mm-hmm. like it's cool, like everything about it's about power except 
Everything was about sex, except sex was about power, right? Like, white men want to control a woman's body at every point throughout their life, right? So, no, I'm sorry. Like, I, I am not allowing to be like, oh, no, this is about the life of the baby. When the, Once the baby is born, you do nothing to protect that baby. You do right. nothing to amplify social programs that makes it like that, that baby has a successful life. Mm -hmm. So, like, p people pretending that, oh, it's about the sanctity of life. Well, like, what is about the though? sanctity of life of black it's and brown kids? Right. What yeah. about the sanctity it's, of the kids yeah. who are in cages, right? I want you to go tell them that, like, I care about the sanctity of your life while they're like while you're covering your own feces because we're not like changing your path enough. We're not giving you the things you need, right? Brown so, paper bag. Yeah, I am done. Brown paper bag. It is a problem. Yeah, they don't care. Um, just as a, a counterpoint to to Bobby earlier, like places like Planned Parenthood are, mm -hmm. I believe that they're wonderful because it's not about abortions. It is about everything. Before you get pregnant, yes. the abortions are just handled there because they encompass everything the about family, the whole project. The family the planning that process, they do. Excuse me. And right, it's a wonderful thing. The fact that black kids or black people in general have to unfortunately go through the same traumas as other people, that's just a nature of humanity. You know, like the it, statistics just are lopsided. They are always lopsided because they treat us worse. It's not the Planned Parenthood that the Planned Parenthood's evil, you know what I'm saying? Like, mm -hmm. it, we just get treated worse regardless. But Planned Parenthood is necessary or other places like that, you know, they're necessary. Personally, I think that if, if it was economically viable to clip men or create contraceptive means outside of condoms for men before they were old enough to buy condoms, a lot of this would be solved because we're reversible. You know, they go through so much stress to say, hey, you know what, women, you can't get your tubes tied before you have a third kid or before you're 25 or whatever the age is. I know it ain't before you're having sex. You know? It's ridiculous. Right. It's ridiculous. But again, it's about... And you get your tubes tied, even that that's not as reversible as a vasectomy, if it is at all. I've seen people that had their tube ties get pregnant. That's, you know, just right. the, the, the wonderful science yeah. Yeah. that happens. You know, every once in a blue moon, a miracle happens like that, right? Things just match up perfectly. But why are we controlling women's bodies when it's us that can continue having kids over and over and over and over again and Wait. a woman is stuck for nine months? Ken, if you're saying that like a woman can only get pregnant once in a year but a man can <laughs> impregnate several women and we maybe made birth control for the wrong gender, is the that wrong like... Oh, because exactly like I thought that made say. sense, right? right? Like I thought that the people who can produce multiple babies in a year should probably have the birth control, right? Right. But like, Maybe we're just, oh no, no, it's just, again, white oh men deciding God. what can happen with a woman's right. body, right? And you made a really good point about Planned Parenthood, right? Mm -hmm. I think that the services that they provide are really crucial to certain families, right? And I think that Republicans have done a great job of shaking them ashes in an abortion clinic when they do so much more. The, they provide family plans. They provide sex, crucial sex education that Republicans right. don't want in schools, right? To don't have sex. Who just ain't gonna that's have not, sex? That's not like, realistic. That's not <laughs> like, I'm sorry. Like, kids are not practicing abstinence, right? Yeah. But, like, right. That's like the D.A.R.E. program. Don't do drugs, but I'm gonna tell you exactly how where to, to buy do, drugs how and to how do to it, buy them. And, them and then you're 15 or 16 experimenting with drugs because D.A.R.E. taught you how to do this shit. Yeah. You know, like, come on, man. That's that's real. I, I feel you 100% D.A.R.E. I, I guess in the the original when you look at just the statistics in general, that's why yeah. I just I just don't like it because it's literally like 
I think it's since 1970s, it was like over like 16, no, over 15 million black children never existed. Right, but like, so it's like sometimes those those children unfortunately were not meant for this world. As I'm I'm speaking directly to like the right who are largely based in Christianity, um, you know, and they <laughs> believing in in God's will and everything. You know, sometimes it's like that, and a lot of the left, especially black left people are huge into their Christianity, huge into their religion and their followings. Shit, my dad a preacher. Mm-hmm. You know, so some of the conversations that we have, and I'll be explaining like possibilities of aliens or possibilities of this being a simulation and now we've long since went rogue and become sentient. You know, things like that. Like, which is just as believable <laughs> as, as God roaming around up top. Not saying it ain't because the definition of God is a creator. You know, so whatever right. you want to believe, it should not infringe upon my fucking right to live, to exist. Like, as far as Amy uh, Barrett, Amy Coney Barrett oh. being pushed through and now they have the weight to move backwards and take like uh, marriage equality and strip it down or take it away. <sighs> Is a problem for me, and we can't go be, back to the Constitution and redo that. Let's just be right. Let's just, just be saying. real, though, right? Like, if if Amy Barrett like like decides to overturn Roe v. Wade in Supreme Court case, like abortions are still going to happen. All you're doing is you're ending safe dangerous. abortions. That that's all you're doing, Literally. right? Like, and we we have to be like realistic about like yes, again, I I, I understand. I understand a little bit like where you're coming from, right? Mm-hmm. Like I, I understand what you I did they think this baby is alive inside of them and you don't think the baby should be killed, right? But like right. ending the like a safe way to get it, it's not helpful for anyone involved in the process. Like the same way the prohibition didn't stop you from drinking alcohol, the same way that like the war on drugs didn't stop you from doing on drugs, like we need to stop with this like whole like reaction to like actions and actually put in policies in place that make things like abortion not necessary. Like, providing kids with sex education, providing kids with programs that, like, make them, like, not want to have kids and take the protection they need to, like, better their lives, right? Like, to put them on a track towards trade schools or college or to get them inspired. While understanding that they're still going to be human. Yes. You know, teenagers, um, I I had the, the wonderful opportunity to help mentor and guide teenagers through football coaching, through um, boys and girls club activities, things like that, um, and volunteering in schools, and kids want to be heard. That's really it. The older we get, the more out of touch we get with the younger generation because now we're cemented in being heard, and we're building un like we're building walls against the outside. The bigger we get, the higher our pedestal gets, the further away from kids who have yeah. no responsibility, yeah. we get. And then we wonder why they're out here getting pregnant, having babies, and then that creates the cycle of poverty. Well, it, it definitely doesn't create poverty. Poverty creates the cycle of young people trample? getting pregnant and all of these other things, because I guarantee you yeah. these rich people are paying for abortions for their kids. Yeah, yeah, that's a fact. Because they're they're just keep paying to keep it out of the public eye. Right. When you have money, you can do whatever the fuck you want, and everything else that the same things that poor people do becomes trashy at this point. And you want to strip away all of our help. They want to strip away all of the guidance that we could have because it's intentional. Keep poor people poor. It's a very heavy burden to carry being poor. 
let alone if we strip away the little bit of help you do have and then we feed you crumbs from another hand. This left and right conversation is always about the same bird. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the end. That's, that's like the, the facade of it all. It's right. like you think you argue. That's why it seems so extreme on both ends right. of the bird. And it's yeah. not just the same bird. It's the same wing of the bird. What we have right here is the same wing. Like, yeah. We're talking about the same side, right? Like, right. Like, like pretending that Democrats are like so much better than Republicans. Like, don't get me wrong. In, in, mo- in some areas they are, right? But like yeah. pretending that they always hold the more high ground on policy, like it's just wrong. I am mm-hmm. sorry, but like Democrats have like... Anytime I have like, anytime we vote for a president, none of us think the hood's gonna change. None of us think it's gonna right. change, right? And that's just that's, that's just facts. facts, right? Which is why I want to give a shout out to two of the people I'm working with right now. Uh, yeah. Maida and Jackie are two people that are working on like getting people out to vote, getting them registered to vote right now mm-hmm. here in the Grand Rapids area, mm-hmm. and making sure that people know like what's at stake in this election, but also ensuring that they know how they can vote safely to avoid the crazy militia groups that are waiting for them on election day. Yeah. No, that's that's important. Um, definite shout out to them. Um, and you're you're doing good work. Once again, this is Taiwan Third Gill, um, and he is running for the Dale High Township trustee seat in Holt, Michigan. Yeah, he will be on the ballot. Uh, young, he is black. Um, twenty two years old. Twenty two years old would be the youngest and first African American to ever seat on this board of trustees. Oh, that is important, Very and important. I know a lot of people in that area may be tired of hearing first black this or first black that. But let me make this clear: if this country was doing better when it comes to racial disparities, you if it actually made man. the moves to <laughs> produce the way that we know it can, the ideological pluses that Democrats like to just scatter around. If yeah. we were already there, we would have no need to say first black anything at and, this yeah. point in 2020. Yeah. So we are happy that you came through to the Black Podcast, Taiwan. Uh, thank you. And hopefully in 10 years, I'll be calling you Taiwan and not Mr. Thurgill <laughs> instead. Hey. You know, like that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's what we're moving at. Uh, do we have any closing remarks for, for this election? What do we want everybody to get out and do um, just really quickly, the Block Podcast. Yep, the Block Podcast. We will be giving out rides, um, particularly West Michigan um, area. We want to provide just a safe route to and from voting. Mm-hmm. Um, and in reality, it's no pressure to vote for who you're going to vote for. We want people just to vote at this point. Uh, your voice has got to be heard the best way possible, mm-hmm. and uh, that's what the Block Podcast wants to do is provide a platform. So if you do not have a ride... You, you, you're on the bus, but you want to do it, you know, hit us up on Facebook. We have our The Block Podcast page. Uh, make T-H-A sure you stop by there. T-H-A. Block. Yes. Podcast. Um, yeah, like I said, Bobby Dose, B-O-B-B-D-O-S. You can hit me up personally. I will respond as well. Mm-hmm. Um, then we got Kenneth, Kenneth Cortez. Cortez sitting over here. Kenneth Cortez. <laughs> uh, as you see me on Facebook, uh, The Real Kenneth Cortez on Instagram. Um, and The Real Kenneth Cortez on Twitter as well. Check me out. Once again, we have Taiwan Third Gill. Appreciate you having me, man. Appreciate you having me. No, definitely. Thank you for coming through. Um, We definitely appreciate it, and good luck in this venture that you're on. I appreciate it, man. Hopefully, we'll be saying the Dale High Township Trustee. I hope so, too, man. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, this is the Block Podcast. We're signing off. We're out. My nigga. To define the word so deeply rooted in pain, one must rewind with time and patience to unpack the brain to call each other nigger